from since I was 10 years old, my dad put me in boxing. And I've just always worked hard ever since. Uh, I think boxing just brings everyone together. It's, it's, it doesn't matter who you are. Like I said, all these fighters have had their own journeys. They've had their own perspectives in boxing. And that just brings more motivation into me. As a fighter, you fight by yourself in it. You're always in the ring by yourself. It's a lonely oh, no, People don't understand that it takes a lot of guts to get in the ring and to look into your opponent's eyes and well think like, I'm going to fight you for three rounds and I'm going to try beat you. When I was young, I had a lot of people obviously saying to me, I wouldn't do this, I wouldn't do that. Obviously, I come from a bad area, Wolverhampton. I didn't ever let that get to me. I just always stuck in my head like, I'm going to prove you wrong one day, doesn't matter how old I am. Like, to all the people that are watching this podcast, I just want to say, don't let your dream, like don't let anyone mess up your dreams or tell you that what you can't do and what you can do because at the end of the day, you're doing it for yourself. If you're Welcome back to the CultureCast podcast. Today I'm joined by an amateur boxer from Wolverhampton. He is three times Midlands champion. He's also won the national bronze medal welcome gully how are you doing man nice to meet you nice to meet you just just training hard every day you know how it is working hard and maintaining patience that's the one yeah yeah how about yourself how you been you've been okay i'm good man i'm good i've uh i watched the canelo fight this morning so i'm i'm right in the mood for for a boxing chat today (laughs) yeah man canelo's my idol anyway like he's great fighter man but yeah we'll talk about that yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, as yeah. I do with every single podcast, what I like to do is just start with asking about your background, asking about your childhood and your upbringing, and just to give a bit of context on on your background. Well, to be honest, I've just from since I was ten years old, my dad put me in boxing, and I've just always worked hard ever since. Um, I've had my, you know, my 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 comebacks, you know, comeback stronger like every time. So, say for example. I'll, I'll have layoffs and then I'll come back, train harder, come back and win the fights. I've had 32 amateur fights. I've won 25. I've been in most of the nationals. I've been in the nationals three times. I've been close to winning it, but, you know, the judges just had it a different decision for me. But I've always had good fights, like close fights. I've always put 100% in. You know, my family always there to support me. I'm, I'm, I'm ambitious, passion, and I always just watch boxing all the time. You know what I mean? I'm always like committed to this lifestyle because I think it brings a lot of greatness to my life if you know what I mean so yeah but my, my background is I'm a seat boxer I'm from Wolverhampton obviously um, I'm 18 years old I'm coming up the ranks watching great fighters one time watching other seat fighters come up as well so it's like the motivation we bring together you know what I mean mm-hmm. I like you know what just 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 love the sport of boxing you know what I mean like my fit fa- obviously my favorite fighter is Canelo Alvarez he's always been my idol He's just got great body shots. His the way what he's done for boxing is is amazing. It's just motivating me to watch his fights and come back stronger as well. So like when he lost against Floyd Mayweather, that was like something that I could look at and say, well, a great fight. I lost the fight, but ever since that fight, he's always become the man of the man. You know what I mean? He's beat the man. Let's beat the man if you know what I mean. So yeah, that's that's my bringing. But yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, we'll get a bit into into like his his sort of boxing and 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 the current landscape in a bit. But um, so like, are you first gen, second gen, uh, immigrant, or like, so is your are your dad's the one that came from like India, or what? What kind of background are you? Oh, is that um, side, my, side of things my mom was from my mom was from India, but my dad's from the UK. But we obviously, live, you know, my mom moved from the UK, 
I mean, from the India, sorry, to the UK when when I was like obviously not born enough. But um, yeah, like my mom's from India, my dad's from the UK, and then we just all live in Wolverhampton now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. I do go to India quite a lot, to be fair. Like we go every couple of years to you know see my family over there. I got a big family over there, and I got a big family here as well. But you know, just gotta keep it going. That's the one. Wolverhampton's got quite a uh, strong sort of um, Indian community there as well. I've got a couple of cousins who, who live down there. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. I was just going to say, yeah, it's a very diverse city. You know what I mean? There's a lot of um, there's a lot of different diverse people. So you have Eastern Europeans, you'd have the Asian people, black people, white people. You know what I mean? It's just a great city to go to. Even the boxing clubs, they're all diverse and it's great to see. You know what I mean? It's good to see all these diverse you know, um, people going into sports and stuff and it just brings everyone together, you know what I mean? And it, it motivates other people that are diverse to come back stronger and to get into something like boxing, you know what I mean? And it could be any sport, to be honest, it depends, but it's just great to see, you know what I mean? The diversity, it's just it's just amazing. Yeah, that's the one. Like, I remember, um, I think it was maybe a couple of years ago when Wolves got promoted to the uh, Premier League. They did, yeah, yeah. like, BBC Sport did this thing where um, they were highlighting, like, diversity in the Premier League and things. And and there's, like, Dorleys outside of Wolves when there's match day and things like that. And the yeah, yeah, on, yeah. like, the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it is quite good. But uh, as you say, with boxing in particular, I think, um, with most sports, but I think boxing in particular, when you get in there, all them prejudices go out the window because it is all these people from different backgrounds. But when you're training, you all know how hard you're going for it. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's no like, oh, he's black, he's white, he's Indian or whatever. It's now we're all sweating and we're all like uh, putting out this hard work and we yeah. all like respect each other for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. That's that's the main thing. I think the respect with the with diversity just brings everyone together. And that's the best feeling because I feel like generations behind us, yeah, there's things that have happened. But nowadays it's a lot better to just come back together, diverse people sticking together. And you know what? It just, like I said, it just brings everyone together in it and everyone gets along. But I think boxing brings that, brings a lot of people together as well. So it's not just like diverse, I mean like anyone in general. So like mm. it could be ex-convicts to police officers, you know what I mean? And this is what the sport brings. It, it, it releases a lot of stress out of people. It's also something people can do to, you know, release, you know, like better their mental health as well. Especially through lockdown. I've seen a lot of people get bags in their gardens, train hard, you know what I mean? Do like... um ask me like a lot of people ask me questions or oh, what type of things can I do on my bag like people that have never done boxing before but just want to get into it because lockdowns like obviously gets to certain people and they always ask my advice or oh, what combinations what schedule should I do how many miles should I run you know what I mean and it's great to see that because I think boxing just brings everyone together it's it's it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter if you've been bullied or if you're you're a big man out here it doesn't matter it's it depends it, it just brings everyone together and it's great to see that honestly yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, that, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, again, going back to the parallel is, is because you're exerting all this energy and you sort of, there's that mutual respect. And I think yeah. what happens in the in the media is if you if you tell people, um, that, like people who are listening to this who might not like boxing whatsoever might think about, or any fighting sports in general, might think about like Floyd Mayweather or Conor McGregor and the goading, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because it is to build up a fight. But then afterwards, the, like people get... Um, drawn into that side of things so they think that fighters have like no respect and they're just like piping shots at each other all the time but afterwards everyone shakes hands do you know what I mean yeah, there is a mutual respect there all of that is just gamesmanship and trying to get into each other's heads but 
the end of the day is like the majority of fighters, unless there is something personal, which the majority of time there isn't, the majority of fighters have such a high level of respect for each other because yeah. when you're going through a camp, you know the other person's doing as much as hard work. You're trying to outwork each other in camps and things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There is that high level of respect. Um, but yeah, I, I, I grew up watching boxing as well. And obviously it's it's like one of the first loves of sports. So it, it's always cool trying to like talk to um, different people who are in boxing just to see different perspectives and and, and things like that. Because I spoke to Inder Bassi as well. And yeah, he yeah. was telling me about his journey through uh, through the amateur ranks and how he signed MTK. And it is um, nah, he's good years, man. He's got he's got a good great career ahead of him. He has, you know. What yeah. I mean, he's got. It's it's like what I watch him as well. Like I, I get motivated watching his, you know, his his fights and that because it just shows that there's another seat boxer out there working hard. And you know, I think there's not many seat boxers in the UK. There's a lot of different, you know, obviously, but there's not many seat boxers. And I'm trying to bring that to life. You know, what I mean, as long as other boxers as well. And it's great to see that there's a lot more people getting motivated and bringing that into it, the sport, which is amazing to see because I think we just need we just need these things to happen you know what I mean it just like I said the motivation it's the motivation the passion the ambition it brings it's just it's just just great like and obviously if you look at all the great fighters like Muhammad Ali and that people still look up to these people today because yeah. of the person he was outside the ring so like Muhammad Ali was like a fighter that was one of the most skilled fighters you'll ever see like probably back then in his generation he's probably one of the best fighters that people have ever seen but it wasn't just that it was the fact that he was being the man he was outside of the ring as well mm -hmm. also bringing that mentality outside the ring and getting along he's like the people's champion that's what they said he was the people's champ he used to like make jokes laugh with people and he, he did a lot for his, his culture you get what I'm saying and I respect that and then when I look at that like I said all these fighters have had their own journeys they've had their own perspectives in boxing and that just brings more motivation into me as a person and I hope it brings more motivation to other people out there that are trying to get into boxing especially the younger youth especially with what's going on with the COVID and all that people are getting bored and I feel like the motivation is dropping there was a lot of great fighters coming up the ranks going in the championships and the amateurs and stuff like that but I've seen a lot of people fall off because they don't know how to handle not training normally not mm -hmm. fighting it, it just it, it slows down the process and people stop they give up and I think it's not obviously not their fault, but it's the mindset you have as a fighter. As a fighter, you fight by yourself in it. You're always in the ring by yourself. It's a lonely sport, as Frank Bruno said. But at the end of the day, it's the mentality of a fighter. Sometimes I think ego can get over fighters as well. But I think being humble is probably greater than being egoistic. Like you can have confidence in yourself, but there's like a boundary where you don't step over it, if you know what I mean. Because when a fighter loses a fight, they realise that maybe this was, you know, maybe I should have worked a lot harder. Maybe I should not have been had that attitude towards a person. Maybe I should not have done this and that. It's all them doubts that go in your head. And that's what fighters need to perfect in it. That's when you learn from your mistakes and you you come back. And that's what a true champion does. You know what I mean? 100%. So. 100%. It's, like, it's that thing, isn't it? It's like you, you need something to keep you disciplined and regimented. And then obviously with this uh, lockdown that's happened, obviously a lot of people who uh, fell out of that, but... 100% agree with you. It's like when, when you lose, there's there's a certain way that different people react to things. So we're seeing um, broader, not just boxing, but fighting in general. Conor McGregor is a good example. When when he lost to Khabib, ever since he's came back, he's been such a humble guy all of a sudden. And it's like that perspective yeah. change, perhaps. But then you see De Deontay Wilder when he lost to Tyson Fury. And that's like a completely different side of the, 
like so he's he's came up with x amount of excuses and is yeah, yeah. still very much in this uncertain place until he mm-hmm. until he actually comes back and has his next fight it is very interesting but going back to the point that you made with having other uh Sikh fighters like in the Debussy, like yourself um there was Simon Kaur who was who was a uh, um, the female who was meant to go to Olympics, I think next year. I'm not sure. If yeah, she's yeah. I heard. I heard about her. She was good. She was. She was. I think she fought in the nationals that I fought in, but I'm not too sure if that was the case. But she was in the national. I think I seen her in the nationals last year in February, but I'm not sure yeah. if it was that was the case. But yeah, she's good. She was doing bits for the like you know for our community and that as a people. But like I said, it's the mindset. But mm-hmm. great fighter for real. Great fighter. Like in the Basi, we got Indy Sanga as well. Good fighter. Okay. We fought for B- BT Sports, so like if you don't know about him, get at him as well. He's a good fighter coming off. And I've seen there's another I've got another couple of good fighters, Sharon Powell, um, first Omar boxer to come in. You got Amrit Tool, he does good in the nationals as well. There's quite a good few fighters that out there now that I could see that you know bringing that seat boxing up to life as well, and you know motivating other seat fighters to come in. And it, it doesn't just have to be seat people; could be anyone. You know what I mean? It's just that yeah. I like to see everyone motivated from the fact that being a boxer and like the training and the training side to it and you know the, the amount of endorphins that are released whilst doing it like i said mental health is the main thing for boxing like your your health mental health will better your physical body will better as well your mindset will better and you know everything about you, your body the inside your system and that like everything's just going to get cleansed because boxing is one of them sports that cleanses everything it doesn't just work one thing it works everything in your body and that's the great thing about boxing it's not like so say, for example, you got footballers. Football is like a sport where you have a team. You know what I mean? You've got your teammates around you. So when you lose, you're not losing by yourself. You're losing with your team and your manager and everyone. But with boxing, you fight on your, on your own. And people don't understand that it takes a lot of, of guts to get in the ring and to look into your opponent's eyes and well think like, I'm going to fight you for three rounds and I'm going to try beat you. And to have that mentality, you've got to be very strong-minded. And I respect any fighter that steps in the ring. That is that that is it takes a lot of guts. I, I know how it feels, but it's always about mastering your nerves as well. I feel like a lot of people they get really nervous before fights. Um, they get really nervous. So, like, say for example, when they get nervous, that overpowers their body. And you've got as a fighter, I, I know any fighter will tell you this as well. You've got to be able to handle the nerves. The nerves is what's gonna bring you the adrenaline rush and the fight fight in you, the spark in your chest. And that's what makes champions into great fighters. The ambition leads to greatness, if you know what I mean. And that's boxing for you. Yeah, it's crazy because you see it in fights often where like you can see a person's nervous beforehand and within a couple of rounds, like that adrenaline, that's get, that nervous energy that's got them through the first couple of rounds is now gone, but they've used up too much energy. And yeah. boom, they're, they're just they're flat out sort of thing. They've gassed out really quickly. It is very interesting. Like, yeah, I think I think when when you look at like communities and things, and when people get into sports, it's always like, um, and I big up you in the all the names that you just mentioned is because when a little kid growing up now is is not gonna is gonna look at people like you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But when they are get when they want to get into a sport, because they're gonna be thinking, oh well, if I don't see people who look like me, maybe I'm not gonna uh, fit into that sport, and they might go a different route. But fortunately now and. I think social media plays a help because you you can see people all across the world doing different things, yeah. but you can see more people like yourself and it makes it that tiny bit easier. Obviously, everybody, it's not a sport that is a, um, exclusive or anything. Anybody can get into it. But I do think when you see people who look like you do something that you want to do, it just becomes that 
that tiny bit easier. Yeah, yeah. If, if you get what I mean. I was I was gonna say it's like obviously so like you said, social media plays a massive help. So say for example, like when people see, like I said, the younger youth and stuff like that as well, it doesn't matter if they see called different diverse or whatever. They always come and ask me questions. They ask me my advice and what what should I do? What should I do to this and what should I do with that? And it's good to see because it feels it's like someone's taking an interest in their own life and trying to better themselves by going into boxing and many other sports that could potentially happen. But my point is, is like I like when the younger people, the younger generation, and people just in general, just ask me like, "Oh, how do I do this? How do that?" Because it just shows that people are trying to get into boxing to better themselves as well. So like. Since lockdown, I can't even lie to you. I've probably there's probably a lot of people that didn't want to get into boxing, but because this lockdown happened, they had no choice type of thing because yeah. there's nothing to do. Everyone's just trapped in the house. The only thing they could do is go on drugs and you know go train with one person maybe out of the household. But a lot more people got into boxing, and I like to see that. And then obviously, whilst I was um, in lockdown, I was always training anyway. So I was hitting the bag in my garden. I was always going on drugs. I was linking up my, one of my friends, doing pads with him. We just kept it working and I think a lot of people got motivated by that and it's good to see the motivation going into people because that's what I'm here for. It's like influencing in it. Like as in, if I make it in boxing, I'm not just going to do it for myself. I'm going to bring a lot of young fighters with me as well. Like I'm going to try help people get into boxing and maybe potentially as I get older, I'm going to turn pro for making the big time. You know what I mean? I'll open up my own boxing clubs, support the younger generation, anyone that wants to get into boxing. I understand how it feels because it's hard to get into it. It's a hard sport, but I think some people, you can see the mentality and some people you can't, but it doesn't matter if you don't want to get into boxing, you can still do the sport just to train as well. Just generally yeah. train, get some sparring in, you know, get the experience of being a boxer, what it's like, how you feel to be a boxer, the training side to it. But I think people don't understand the concept of boxing is like one of the hardest sports in the world. It takes a lot out of people, a lot of sacrifices, a lot of, a lot of sacrifices to make you great and that's the difference between boxing and many other sports you know it's, what I'm saying because it is an individual sport and I think that's why people have probably picked it up during this lockdown is because you don't need a team you know what I mean you don't need like yeah, a yeah. basketball team or a football team or whatever it is literally like if you have a, a pair of gloves and anything <laughs> hit, do you know what I mean yeah, then you yeah, can yeah, sort yeah. of get started and most of it is like uh, skipping rope road running and then doing a bit of like sparring or um bag work or anything you can do in the house it, it is it is like really powerful uh in that sense yeah um the other thing that you touched on there was sorry there was something else that you touched on there but it just fully went out um, of my mind was it the um was it the was it just people doing boxing in, in general no, the, sorry the influencing so when you when oh, you yeah, have yeah. already got this in your mind it is refreshing here because obviously a lot of boxers do come from like a sort of quote unquote tough background. When you hear like the ones who are like at the highest level, it's like they've came from the slums and they've came from the really rough backgrounds and things. But uh, when they do get there, some obviously help, some obviously um, just lav- like live a lavish lifestyle. And fair enough, yeah, yeah. You've, you've done the work to do it. But it is quite nice to hear that like you, you've sort of already got this plan in your head that obviously when you progress forward up the ranks, you do want to give back and things. It is refreshing to hear, which is which is really nice. But I, 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 like, like, I was just going to say, in boxing, a lot of people don't believe in you. So, like, a lot of people look at you and think, well, he ain't going to get nowhere. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if you're young and you're trying to get into boxing, oh, he's not. He's he's got a bit too much weight on him, he does. He can't punch a punch straight and this and that. But, but, like, to all the people that are watching this podcast, I just want to say, 
don't let your dream, like don't let anyone mess up your dreams or tell you that what you can't do and what you can do. Because at the end of the day, you're doing it for yourself. If you're, especially in boxing anyway, you're doing it for yourself. Your trainer's going to there probably criticize you if you do something wrong, but that's good. But the people that are criticizing you, like as in outside the boxing club and stuff and telling you you can't do it, use that as motivation. That's the greatest thing possible because using that as motivation, your, your greatest, you know, your greatest revenge is your success, obviously. So when you become sex, successful as a boxer, when I was young, I had a lot of people obviously saying to me, I wouldn't do this, I wouldn't do that. Obviously, I come from a bad area, Wolverhampton. I'm not exactly from the nicest area, but there's a lot of people that will tell you like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. But I didn't ever let that get to me. I just always stuck in my head, like, I'm going to prove you wrong one day, doesn't matter how old I am. So as I got older and older, the same people started to show me love. And that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the greatest thing about proving people wrong. Like as did you watch Oscar Valdez's um interview after his fight when he was saying our oh, people well I'll tell you anyway he said that people was all the boxing experts were saying that he was going to lose the fight and they were saying that he was going to get knocked out in the first five rounds he's going to get dominated this and that he said even his own idol but when he won the fight you could clearly see the energy was different from these people and that's what changes the mindset of a that's what changes the mindset of your fans that's how you gain your fans is like you win your fans over by beating great fighters. It's like, it's just not get never giving up. That's what makes you better than someone else, if you know what I mean. 100%. The tide's always changing, do you know what I mean? Like, people will just naturally flow to you when people are successful and things. Um, mm. And you see, well, I, I seen the knockout that uh, he had, that Valdez in his fight, and it was it was a yeah. lethal knockout, to be fair. It was Bad, a really good yeah. one. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like, it, it was the same thing with... Um, what was it, Lara, when he fought uh, Warrington a few Jeff weeks Warrington. ago? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the same thing that with that. Like, nobody gave him a hope in hell. And I don't know what happened on the night or anything because Josh Warrington looked uh, just out of out of place sort of thing on that night. But I think I think everyone has it off nights, but I think Josh Warrington is a great fighter, man. Like, maybe yeah. it was just off night. Maybe it wasn't the fans. The fans weren't there. It makes a massive difference in these fighters, you know, because mm-hmm. you got to remember, some fighters are so used to the crowd cheering on for them. That just makes you even more pumped up. But because there's no crowd there, maybe it changes the atmosphere of the fight. So, like, he's fighting some tough Mexican. Called, was he Mexican, Dara? Mexican, Mexican, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's finding a tough Mexican fighter. Um, Josh Warrington did well in the first couple of rounds. He, you know, he did well. Same with Josh Kelly as well. He did, he was yeah. doing well. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like all these fighters do well, and then it's like the crowd doesn't have that impact anymore on the fighters. The fight slow down. It's like a sparring session, and like. But that benefits I, some fighters as well because then some fighters actually like um, maybe get that nervous energy when the when the crowd's there. Do you know what I mean? Because that many people are there, they might not be accustomed yeah, yeah. to it. So maybe them fighters actually do better with no crowd than they would with, if that yeah. makes sense. I ain't gonna lie to you. I do a lot better with the crowd there. To be fair, yeah, it's because it's the impression you want to make. It's the it's the look you want to give. You want to win your fans over. That's the difference. But. I think, I feel like I understand what you're trying to say. Some fighters don't like that nervous energy. So, like, say, for example, they want to be in where there's no one literally watching them. There's just probably a judge, a couple of people that are doctors and stuff, and that's it. You know what I mean? And they're just on TV. Everyone's watching them on TV, but no one's criticising them. No one's booing them. No one's doing this and that. So it, it just gives them more confidence. But I feel like that when the crowds come back, them fighters there are going to have to be able to adapt to the mm-hmm. crowd because... The crowd's gonna end eventually come back. The vaccines are coming out, so boxing, British boxing's coming back to life. 
American boxing's obviously always been there. Errol Spence fighters and all them. They've had good fights in the crowds and that. Um, Design, they're doing a lot with Canelo's fights so far as well. Yeah. They're getting the fans back in. So and that you for can two see pounds. Up. And for yeah, two pounds, yeah. I've been signed up since uh, the zone launch in January. I don't yeah. know how many fights we've had, but for two pounds a month, I'll be yeah. laughing. <laughs> nah, I bought, I bought it as well, man. Like, it's, it's just good to see because all the good, the, the, there's a lot of good fights in Design now. Like, you got Kovalev, Canelo, you got, um, I think Demetrius Andre's with him as well. I'm not sure yeah, if he's with yeah. Matchroom or Design, but Billy Joe Saunders is with him. I think I think Design's got all of the fighters now, even Joshua and that. They obviously he's obviously on the matchroom, but Design does come a big place with Joshua as well. Then um you just got all the big names in Design now, and it's only two pounds, you know what I mean? So yeah. you think about it this way, um they're putting on great fights and people are loving it because they're not paying much, but at the same time they're seeing a great fight. So like Billy Joe Saunders and Canelo is coming in the future. I feel like a lot of people enjoyed that fight because there's two world class fighters going against each other and they're like you know, it just brings that that attraction to one place. So like you've got the Mexican fans and you got the the, the the British fans as well that are gonna be there. And it's just it's just gonna be a major clash like Canelo versus Callum Smith. But I feel like it'll be an even bigger fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. With with when I when I hear Billy Joe Saunders' name, I feel like he is up there, you know what I mean? Hundred percent. I'll give him I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He he is up there because he's um He's beat some good fighters. He's beat David Lemieux. He's beat some. He's beat um, Chris Eubank Jr. You know what I mean? I do put him up there, but I think Canelo's just going to be a little bit too much for him, man. I think he's just too skilled, and you know what I mean. Yeah, I had this conversation literally this morning with uh, Inder again. Um, I put a poll on on uh, Instagram to see what what people were thinking, Canelo or or uh, or yeah, Billy yeah. Joe, and majority of them were saying Canelo. But I, I, we were messaging, and he goes like he. You wouldn't be surprised if Billy Joe won. And I wouldn't either. I'd, I want Billy Joe to win. However, I feel like at the moment, Canelo's just in his element. He's in his moment. He's he's active, yeah. which is the biggest thing as well. Like them fights that Billy Joe had were a few years ago. And he does rise to the occasion. However, he hasn't fought in like 18, 19 months, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, whereas Canelo is going is gonna to be fighting three times in six months, nine months or whatever it may be. So. That's what I think. I think what Canelo's done there is he's, He's fought Yodrim. I think his name's Yodrim. Yeah. Yeah, Yodrim. He's fought Yodrim to have like a little tune-up fight for the year. So what he's done is there is, I think what he's done is, he's he's fought Yodrim. He knew, obviously everyone knew that was a major mismatch in my opinion, but it was just to take them cobwebs off him. You know what I mean? To make him sharper. So now that he's he's had a little fight now, he's going to be deaf already for Billy Joe Saunders. But Billy Joe Saunders hasn't fought in ages. So yeah. the difference between the two is going to be that Canelo's just fought twice before Billy Joe Saunders is fighting the first time and mm. that's Canelo's third fight in the 12 months but that's um, also Billy Joe Saunders' first fight so it's going to play a massive role so what Canelo's done there he's been smart he's getting sharper he's going to get ready for the fight and I reckon he's just going to show the world that he's the world champ and then after that he's going for Caleb Plant you know yeah, what I mean because yeah, he's trying, to, he's gonna he's trying keep... to become undisputed isn't it yeah so if he be... I believe in him I think he will beat all these fighters I think he will become he already is pound for pound king, but I feel like he'll be even better than pound for pound king. He's just gonna be a monster. You know what I mean? He's just gonna destroy everyone. He's just he's just going up like I've never seen a fighter just go fights and just dominate such opposition, like good opposition as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Like after the Golovkin fights, I thought this man is the main deal. He's like the real deal he is because Golovkin is a monster. He doesn't get knocked out, but for some reason in the first rap fight, I did feel like Canelo hurt Golovkin. In one of the rounds, with when he when Golovkin was slipping in that, 
And I thought Canelo might have the power to knock him out in the second fight. But I think Canelo's game plan in the second fight with Golovkin was to trim down and use the speed against him and outbox him in that type of terms. But I think Canelo is just obviously just going to be dominating the sport for, for, for a long time at the moment. Like, I can't see anyone beating the man at the moment at all. I can't see a single person. Unless Floyd comes back, but you know, <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. He's he's fighting yeah. YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. It's a bit mad that is. You know, uh, I think um, yeah, Canelo's just smashing it at the moment because this this Billy Joe Saunders fight was meant to happen last year, like it was agreed, but obviously then the pandemic hit. So I think yeah, that's yeah. when the Smith fight got announced because Billy Joe wasn't ready then. But then by that point, Ald- uh, what's it? yeah, Aldrin, the one that happened today. Uh, or last night, sorry. That was um, that was Canelo's mandatory. So the only way that Smith was allowed to happen is if um, Canelo, the winner of that fight, fought uh, Jan Vialdrum within ninety days or something the, yeah, uh, of yeah. the Smith fight. So I think that's what's happened there. But um, yeah, this Billy Joe fight is going to be amazing because it's it's that traveling sort of gypsy. I don't know if, what the politically correct term is with with them, but. Tyson Fury calls himself the Gypsy King, so I'm pretty sure you'd like to say Gypsy. Um, but they they do ha- they do play a lot of mind games in it. They're, they're very entertaining people. You know what it is? The reason why people think that Billy Joe Saunders might have a chance with Canelo is because I don't think it's the mind games as such as the footwork. Billy Joe Saunders has got really good footwork, and I've seen his footwork. He's got he's got some he's next level movement. You know what I mean? Like he's he's got he's got all the skill, but like I said, he ain't the same fighter he was when he was fighting David Lemieux and he was fighting Chris Eubank Jr. Them times there, I understand maybe Chris Eubank Jr. was a bit too early for his fight, obviously his career. That was his first good win. That was his like upbringing, you know what I mean? Um, I personally think that he's not the same man he was when he fought them, so Canelo's obviously just going to, I think I think he's just going to break him down throughout the fight. I, I can't really see Billy Joe Saunders even landing a good shot on Canelo. Honestly, I think maybe the first couple of rounds, yeah, Billy Joe Saunders might use his jab and his movement and that, but you already know what Canelo does, man. He just starts coming in and starts sharpening up his tools and he, dis- he dismantles fighters, isn't it? That's what, what the man's there for. But I think the thing that's really impressive, especially when I was watching the, the fight last night, this morning, and I know obviously, yeah, it's a mandatory and it's not like a mega fight, but it's the shot variation, do you know what I mean? Like, he comes in the first round where most people are are just jabbing to find their range, and he's already coming in with left hooks to the body, right uppercuts, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's just, he's just playing about his shot variation is just, like, and the shot selection. He's got all these tools available to mm. him, like the variety of punches that he throws in. A, he probably f- throws every variation of a punch in a fight, but to do them at the right time and and to just pick them out. And then the, the impressive thing is, is that he's doing all these fancy hooks and uppercuts. But at the end of the day, the one that dropped him uh, this morning was just a simple one-two straight down the middle. Yeah, yeah. Just simple, simple shots. But it's that thing because he's, he's going for the hooks all the time. Then the opponent's obviously waiting for the hooks to come in and just leaving the middle open and then boom, straight down there. But see, that, but I've never seen a fight like 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 Canelo land such good shots. Like the way he lands the hooks, the way he, um, you know, he throws the punches and stuff. Like I don't think I've ever seen the sharpness. You know, the left mm. hooks to the body, the uppercuts, the right hooks. Like I've I've seen. I, I would say, I don't think I've ever seen such sharp like accuracy as well. So like if you didn't, if you watched your dream, like when at that one point after we knocked him down, did you see the combination to his landing and how straight and 
sharp there was on on Yildirim's face and his body and that you could just see that you could just hear the shots if you was there you'd be able to hear the shots from the crowd if you know what I mean yeah but yeah with Canelo he picks and selects every shot so he don't throw about 10-15 punches in your face and just like swings as much he picks them so in his head you'll be like well I'm going to throw left hook to the body and then straight after he's going to throw right hook to the head and then throw right uppercut you know what I mean and just that's the way he fights he's got a very he's got a very effective you know punching rate as well like when he punches it, it hurts you know what I mean but I think I think right now I don't see anyone beating Canelo for the next four years three years yet I don't see any. I can't even in the future I don't really know who's which man he's going to beat I think he'll beat Demetrius Andre like he's a great fighter as well I, I've got nothing against these fighters like, all these fighters are great but Canelo's just you got these fighters and then you got Canelo he's just up there you know yeah. what I mean he's a pound for pound number one and you know but I well I, I was going to just pick my pick my top three pound for pounds I was just going to say yeah. Um, I've got obviously Canelo number one, and then I've got um, you know about the Japanese fight Inui. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a he's a monster. He is, and he I I don't think he gets enough credit to be fair, you know. But I, I think it's because you, people people aren't interested in that weight class. I don't think that's his fault. I've seen him in that um, you know, the Super Series. Yeah, but, he was great when he fought Nito Denier. Oh great my fight, days. Man. He, he's a Great monster. Fight. His power is like four weight classes above. Yeah, what be, honestly, yeah. that it, you know, you know, one thing that surprised me is that I never really knew about. Um, I knew about Nunito Denier. I, re- I was a really big fan of Nunito Denier. Great Filipino fighter, man. Like tough man. Like you know, what I mean, he gets in there, he fights. Um, I've seen him a lot of times against Tiza Harez. Great on top rank and that. He's a bit, he's a good fighter, but I think personally, when I saw Inui, like the first time I seen Inui was against um. He was like, it was in the Super 6 series, but it was the second fight for him, the third fight, I think. And then I seen him and I thought the, the accuracy was just on point, man. The shots, the combinations he was throwing. And then obviously it was Nanito Denier, the last fight. I thought Nanito Denier was going to win that fight, you know. The reason why is because I didn't, I, Inui, like, I've never seen, I've never seen him fight someone so good. Do you know what I mean? Nanito Denier was coming up from featherweight and like, he even, I think he, I don't know if he went up to lightweight, but I think he did even went up to lightweight as well. But for him to go to fight Nanita Denev and the things that he did to, like the way he hit him and the way the combinations were set out, the way he was sharp and accurate, changed my whole mindset about him. And then I found out that this guy is like, he's a pound for pound king because he's been four, I think he's been a four division, three division world champion, but at the lower weight. So I think he's been flyweight, super flyweight, bantam and super bantam. I feel like his career ain't gonna just stop there. I think he's gonna be up to featherweight soon, cause he ain't that small. He's five foot five, I think he is. So he ain't small. He's at Pacquiao's height. So if he Pacquiao can do it, and he can move up divisions from these small weights, I feel like Inuri might do that at one point. But like you said yourself, he's got power of yeah. featherweight. He's got power from like weight divisions above. So I feel like he'll do really great against all these 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 featherweights, lightweights. I think he do. I think he'll give him problems, especially with the accuracy in that. I can't see. I, I don't know. I think maybe Tiafimo and that are too big for him, but, you know, I feel like featherweight, that would be a good weight for him to get into after super bantamweight, obviously. But, yeah. And then I've got, obviously, I've got Terence Crawford third as well. I've got, I've got, the reason why I've got Terence Crawford third is because I've never seen such timing. The timing, man. It's the timing of his shots. Like, when he fought Gamboa in 2016 or 17, I think, 
man, the way he dismantled and Gambo back then was like his prime. He was a gold medalist. He was beating everyone. I don't think he ever lost the fights until he fought Crawford. But Crawford, like, I obviously he was an underdog. I think everyone thought Gambo was going to win. I think the crowd knew thought Gambo was going to win. But that that I think it was the fourth round. I think the fourth round that I seen Terence Crawford hit him with the shot that this like literally made him shake and that just made my change. My, like I said, it's be it's winning the fans over. So he like when I watched that, I thought this. I was only young as well, I was about 13, 14, But I watched him and I thought this man is definitely going to be a pound for pound star. You know what I mean? And I've got them three, top three, honestly. I think Spence is probably fourth if I was in the top five. And I'd probably put, I don't know who I'd put number five, to be fair, but I've got them four, like them three, obviously, top three. But the only the only reason why I would put Inui a bit higher than um, Terence Crawford is because Inui's a four-division world champion and he's I yeah. think he's done it. And I think um, Thingy's only, um, Terence Crawford's only three divisions, so... I know, I know he's been undisputed in that, but I feel like the level of opposition that Crawford's fought has not been the best at the same time. But, like, you know, that's, a, that's different, isn't it? Some fight, I think top rank only put him against Class B fighters. And I think with PBC, they make the, the world champs fight each other. So, like, Errol Spence fights Garcia. Um, Errol Spence fights Sean Porter. Keith Thurman fights Pacquiao. You know what I mean? The great fighters against the greats. But with top rank, I think they protect their fighters. You know what I mean? They, well, I was, um, I was, I was going to say that it sounds like um, Crawford might actually be joining Matchroom uh, because uh, mm-hmm. there was a thing that Bob Allen was saying that like um, he's one of the f- best fighters in the world, but we can't afford to pay him because he doesn't bring anyone in the crowd. But it was like, literally right like post-match. Uh, I think it was after the... Um, the Kel Brook fight. Kel Brook fight, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it was weird comments. And then um, it, and then basically Eddie Hearn comes in and was like, well, we'll take him off your hands sort of thing. So... Hopefully I I I, I don't believe that. I think I think Crawford's got a big fan base. If you check his Twitter about his following and that, I think he's got a good fan base. And I think the only reason why people probably don't like Crawford is because there's 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 people saying that he fights like class B fighters. He's not fighting the best fighters. He's fighting leftovers. You know what I mean? Kel Brooks that have been beat by Spence Spences and the Amir Khan's that have already been beat by Canelo's and that's the reason why I think people say that is because he's not fighting the best. The pride, like he's fighting fighters that have been really good in the past, mm-hmm. but fighters now that are not in their prime prime. Well, he needs to fight I mean. Spence. He needs to fight Spence. That's the fight. If he fights Spence and he beats him, then I feel like no one can say anything to him. Yeah, because Spence it. has beat the man who's beat the man. You know what I mean? He's beat Poir. He's bought um. He's beat Garcia. And if one fight I would want to see, if I could, was Keith Furman versus um Errol Spence. But Keith Furman's not in his prime no more. Like mm-hmm. he. He's someone else, like, I think he's got great... He Like, I thought, I think, personally, Keith Furman's got every attribute to be powerful punking. He's got the skill, man. I've, I've always loved Keith Furman. I wouldn't put him as my top... I'd put him as my top... My personal top three favourite fighters, but not the top three pound for pounds, nothing like... Because he hasn't done enough to do it, but when he fought Porter and when he fought Garcia, man, that was a different level of... Like, different level, because he was the first man to beat Garcia... And I think he was, Porter was only lost against Kell Brook until then. And obviously, Kell Brook at the time was an IBF world champion. So, to keep Furman to beat Porter, Porter was obviously improved a lot since then. So, he beat a prime, prime Porter as well and gave him a lot of problems. And that's why I respect Keith Furman. But I feel like he, the reason why he lost against Pacquiao was because um, he wasn't, okay, 
So Keith Thurman, you've seen him against all the great fighters in that year. But when he fought Pacquiao, he had a two-year layoff. He had an injury on his shoulder. I think that affected his game plan and his mentality in the fight because you got to remember, the, he's not fighting, like you said, Canelo's fighting three times a year. He didn't fight for ages, you know what I mean? So, yeah, there's, there's major differences. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, before, okay, we'll, we'll basically, we'll, we'll jump back into the like the boxing scene at the moment uh, uh, towards the end because we'll, we'll go through like divisions at a time and see who you think is going to come out on top. But just yeah, to go yeah. back to your boxing story and how you got into it. So you said before that your dad put you into the, the boxing gym when you were 10. Was that like for self-defense or was it just to like keep fit or? No, nah, no. Nah, you know what it was? My dad's always been into boxing. So like obviously he always like from a young age, um, it was different times back in the day. Obviously it was hard to get into boxing because there's so many people that wanted to do boxing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, nowadays is I think there's a lot less, but it's there's there's a lot more opportunities now. So you get different opportunities to be a Midlands champion, to be a national champion, to be a regional, central belt. Like you can do different things for the amateurs. But I think my dad put me in boxing because he was in love with boxing. But I didn't when I was ten. I didn't obviously when you're young, you don't really think you're gonna get far in it. It's just the mentality. Of, like when I was ten, I wasn't really taking it serious, but. I had the talent. I had my first skills back when I was 11. Um, I did really well and I found that I was really good at boxing. I won like my first five, six fights in the amateurs. Like I didn't really lose like that. And then obviously I lost a couple of times against some good opposition and that. Obviously these fighters were a lot better than me at the time because their fight, they had a lot more fights and they more experience. But that, I don't blame them for, you know, coming out and, you know, doing what they got to do. But that made me a lot better as a fighter as well. So like, when I lost, when I lost a couple of fights, it would never break me down. I would just always come back stronger. It wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt my feelings or make me feel any type of way because to get in the ring, like I said to yourself, like and to other people, it's just great to go in the ring and to show people that you're willing to fight, and that makes people have a complete different mindset of you. Like, yeah, this man has come in the ring and he's come to fight, and especially as kids as well. I don't think many kids want to get punched in the face and that, but <laughs> I feel like. For me to be in that position, like, you know what I mean? I got used to it and then it became a lifestyle for me. And then when I was about 16, 15, like, um, I became, I wasn't focused enough. But then obviously my motivation came back in when I started watching boxing again. And I started going back to, obviously I changed trainers and that, like, I was with the trainer for five years. Then I moved to, um, we was in the same gym, but obviously there was a bit of, you know, you know what happens in training gyms and that. I moved with the trainer. Then after I was even for about two years, and then now I've been up back in the the normal gym for three years, and I'm I'm even better than ever. You know what I mean? I've improved, and I've had five fights with them, and I've won um I've won four, last one with them so far. So my my record stands out with them. But um, I'm just 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 always ambitious now. Like all I do is just watch boxing, talk about boxing. You know what I mean? And that's the life I live, and that's what I think. That's where great champions come from. If you're studying the sport and you're not distracted by the wrong things in life. I think that's where the great fighters come in. Like Lennox Lewis, like I'll tell you, the one thing I liked about Lennox Lewis was with his past is that he never let anything distract him. That's what made him a, the man he was. He beat everyone that beat him. Obviously, Rackman and Oliver McCaw. That was two fighters that he lost against. But the reason why he was such a great fighter is because he never let anything distract him after that. And he used to come back and do the exact same thing they did to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's and it. That's what made him such a such a great champion like a heavyweight champion I think he was really good and then also yeah like just just getting into boxing not really serious at 10 but getting into it more and more and it became a lifestyle 
So yeah, it's, it's, that is it. Right. Some of the boxers, obviously, when they live the life, it is sometimes a bit more boring when you you're a fan, but the, it's more effective. Like you said, Lennox Lewis there, obviously, Vladimir Klitschko was dominant for like a decade. Oh, I was gonna say, um, the reason why Klitschko was dominating is because the opposition wasn't as good as well. So, like, say for example, Vladimir Klitschko was fighting good fighters, but there weren't like Tyson Furies and the Joshuas and that. And until until he fought Tyson Fury, Fury obviously. I wouldn't, Fury just gave him a boxing lesson, I would think. I just outboxed him in every round, frustrated him. I wouldn't say it was one of my favourite fights to watch, but it was a very... It was, it, was, it, it was a boring fight, to be fair. It was a very boring yeah. fight, but it was effective. Like, Fury did have his game plan. I feel like it's hard to basically be, like, um, be critical of a boxer for who they fight in that generation if there weren't any other good fighters in that generation if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah, I mean yeah, like yeah. Klitschko basically beat everybody who was put in front of him for 10 years until Fury came about do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. like if when going into that fight people don't like remember that Fury was a massive underdog like a ma- monumental underdog like it was just another mandatory for for uh Klitschko do you know what I mean it was just what like another day in the office uh, that see, most this, people thought. this is the point though it's winning the fans like Tyson Fury after that fight won the fans you mm-hmm. know what I mean everyone that came to support him and even the Russian fans that came um, not in Russian Ukrainian sorry the Ukrainian fans that came to watch the fight as well like it just shows that Tyson Fury built the fan base from after that fight but obviously he had his little downhill moments and he went downhill and that but I've got to give credit to the man he came back like I said he didn't listen to no one he came back 100% stronger, which made him a different breed of fighters. That's what made Tyson Fury into Tyson Fury. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what made him into the man that he is today. The way he came... Okay, what people need to understand is Tyson Fury, yeah, came back out of a long layoff where he was is 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 a big guy at one point. Like, his body was just not in shape. He was not the same man he was, obviously, when he fought Klitschko. But you got to give the man credit. He came back and beat the baddest man on the planet. And to get dropped and get back up the way he did, maybe, yeah, yeah. let's say there's a bit of controversy with the seconds and that, but I feel like I would give that to Fury, though, because Fury did get up, like, the way he got up was like he shot up, you know what I mean? So I think the referee thought that he's got his legs back, he knows what he's doing, he let's, see, let's put him back in. This is the thing as well, is that the, the layman, and I'm not saying that I'm a boxing expert, yeah, but I, I do like boxing, I know the rules a bit, yeah. But um, the, the average person is like, oh, if you put a stopwatch on, and even Diana Wilder did this, if you put a stopwatch when he hits the ground, it was way over 10 seconds. That's not what a 10 count is. The 10 count yeah, is for the referee to establish whether you are able to okay, continue. Do you know what I mean? It's it's to his discretion. It's not actually literally 10 seconds. It's for, for him to find out if you're good to continue. And obviously the referee seen that at that time that Tyson Fury was able to continue. Um but going back to yourself, because we keep on talking about uh, these, these uh, everybody nah, else other than yourself. <laughs> nah, you know what it is? It's because we're just, just generally talking about boxing, how it motivates me and that, innit? Like, it just yeah, comes yeah. Handy, but yeah, as a boxer myself, I just love to fight. I just, I'm not, I, I've always, since I've been like 10, 11, I've just, I'm not that fighter that just like comes in and boxes. It's like I just come in and throw a lot of shots in your face. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what made me different to everyone else. But when I was in the gym, I got recognised highly by like a lot of trainers because, I had the heart, you know what I mean? When I got hurt, I never used to go down. I sparred top opposition. I sparred some good pros, Kyle Williams. I sparred them the other day. I signed someone that was signed to BT Sport and that, like, 
I've had good um, I've had good post and um, post barring and stuff. I've had the experience, the amateur experience, everything. Um, I've spoke to great fighters like Jamie Cox, um, Michael Bounty Hunter. I've spoke to him a little bit. You know what I mean? Blue um, official behind the gloves, one of the correspondents, um, blue corner boxing. I spoke to him. They they recognise me because obviously the talent and that. But I I think mainly you got to believe in yourself. So I believe in myself as a fighter, and I, I love the the fact that I have this passion and this ambition towards my my drive. You know what I mean? Like it's in my chest all the time. So when I wake up, I probably start watching boxing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I'll go to boxing, come back and watch more boxing. You know what I mean? And that's the lifestyle I, um, I live. And also, it's like, I feel like I, I love the build-ups to fights as well. So say, for example, if I've got a fight next week when the amateurs are back on, I feel like a lot of people don't like the training side to it, but I do. I love the running. I love running. I love running every every time I go on a jog. I just listen to music and it just relaxes me. It's like the music just goes with the flow of the run. You know what I mean? And I feel like people don't like that. And also people don't like the, the sparring, the training and that. But people love the winning feeling. But I love the, the training part to it, you know. I don't know why, but it's just the instinct I have. I just love training. I think it just helps me out a lot mentally as well. Um, keeping calm, relaxed, you know what I mean? I'm a very hyperactive kid, you know what yeah. I mean? I just, I, I could run like five miles, six miles, even on my worst day and I'll be fine. You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the passion I have for the sport. But that's more sustainable because, like, every, like you hear all these motivational quotes all the time, and it's always like, "Enjoy the journey." Do you know what I mean? And the journey is basically the training. Obviously, everyone will like yeah, yeah. the the end of the journey, but uh, and the goal at the end. But when you reach that goal, there's a new goal already set. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? There's no point in enjoying that goal too much because the mo well enjoy it, but most people just set another goal as soon as that one's reached. So you may as well enjoy the training. You may as well enjoy the journey because yeah, then it's yeah. way more sustainable. Um. What was your amateur record again? Like 35? 32 fights, 125. But I think it's 25 or 26, but it's definitely one of them too. But I've had a really good amateur career so far and I'm only 18. You know what I mean? And I've got... Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to turn pro till I'm about 23, 24. You know what I mean? I want to stay in the amateurs. I want to go for the GB pathways. I want to go to the World to GB squad, the England camps and all them things there. I got selected for England last, last year, but obviously COVID happened. I had a big future ahead of me. Like right now, I should have been, I might have been fighting in Europe, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Fighting in different countries, fighting, going to different camps, going to Kazakhstan to train with them as well. I'm going to try, obviously, I'm aiming to go hype and I love to fight in it. So I'm going to try win the whole of the nationals. And I think I will because I've got the heart and the drive. That's the main thing anyway as a foreign fighter. But once I get into that, it's just like a process, just one step at a time. Just stay humble at the same time, but have confidence in yourself at the same time as well. Because people do, people don't understand the difference between confidence and ego. Um, yeah, yeah. And ego is like when you think you're the best of the best of the best, and you think you're better than everyone. But that's not in me. I'm more confident in myself to get to where I want to be, taking step by steps, and that's the main thing for me. I like, I like the the mindset I have. So. It's like being at war with yourself sometimes, telling yourself that maybe you're not going to get it, but you will. But that's a good thing because that's what brings more motivation into me as a fighter to go forward and win these fights. And every time I've stepped in the ring, I've just always enjoyed it as well. It's always about enjoying the thing that you'd love to do. So to some boxers, it's a job. To me, it's a passion and love. You know what I mean? I love boxing, the way people love their food and stuff. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just everything. It's just normal thing that I do every day. But, um... I don't think there's anything that could break my, my passion for it. Nothing at all. I've had three broken hands um, in boxing. I've had a concussion um, in the past. Um, 
or boxing. I've had two broken noses. I've had my eye like I've had some bleeding in my eye, and that's obviously sorted out now. I've had a lot of like injuries and stuff. I've had leg, I've had shin splints before, but I never gave up. I just carried on the process, and now that all these problems have stopped now, I feel like my body's a lot stronger than it used to be. If you know what I mean, and that's the main thing with me, man. That's that's the motivation I bring and the passion I bring to the sport. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, again, it's that thing in it. If if you like it and it's not a job, then you'll go far because you'll be able to put in the work that others won't. Do you know what I mean? The people who treat it like a job, people don't like their job typically. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They, they'll want to take off days. And if you're taking an off day and the other person isn't, it'll result in something more than just uh, yeah. like having a bad day at the office. Is it, That isn't a thing in boxing. It's like you get beat, physically beat. Do you know what I mean? It's completely different. Yeah, um, true. You've already won like a few competitions, obviously Midlands champ three times in a row. Um, yeah, yeah. I, won, I won in 2016. And then I won in 2019, and then I won in 2020 as well. So I've done, uh, um, I won three fights in 2019. I won three fights in one week. I broke my hand in the second fight, but still won the third fight with one hand. Oh, shit. I, I nearly stopped the first guy. The second guy I fought was obviously a national champion. He was like the best of the best in the division. He was 60, at this time, he was 56 to 60. So I was a featherweight, going up to lightweight type of thing. So that was, that was my weight class. I beat him. And I was an underdog in that fight. All the amateurs, all the people around in the crowd saying, oh, that lad's a good fighter, this and that. But like I said, I won the amateur crowd as well. Mm-hmm. So when I fought, I'll, show, I'll send you the video after anyway. You can watch that. But um, if anyone's interested, it's on my Instagram. You can go watch that. Um, but I fought him beat, him, beat the odds, beat him. And I fought two days after the broken hand. And I, st- I won the guy, the unanimous decision with just one hand, jabbing his head off all night. You know what I mean? And that's what made, that's what I'm saying to you, like, there's not many things that could break my passion towards boxing. Doesn't matter if I got a broken nose in a fight. Doesn't matter if I got a broken arm or whatever. I will always just just come forward and fight as much as I can until the point where I can't fight anymore. You know what I mean? And that's what boxing's all should be all about. If you look at great fighters like Artu Agati, he broke his hand when he fought um Mickey Ward third fight. But did he give up? Nah, because he, he's a true champion. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Like, like Mickey Ward said in one of his fights, he said that I was only fighting three, four years ago for twenty dollars in in you know just one of the, the, the events. Then I three years later, I'm fighting I'll get you for a million. It just shows yeah. you that just don't give up on your dreams, and that's what I'm doing. I'm just not giving up on my dreams, and I'm gonna keep pushing forward until I make it to the top. You know what I mean? And That's they were the iconic fights as well. They were wars that trilogy. Yeah, great fights. Artur Gatti is like. My top one of my top three favorites fighters. So I've got I've got Canelo first and Gatti, and I've got also got um I've got Artur Gatti Canelo, and I also someone I've always liked is Sean Porter. I've always liked Sean Porter. I think even when he fought, even though he's lost a lot, like quite a few of his fights, it's just the way he brings that heart, like you know the, the heart and the passion he brings. Doesn't matter if he loses or not. He's a dog fighter. He comes in and he just smokes his opponent as much as he can. And it's not like even the fighters that he loses against, you see the face, you see their face in that, like, you've got black eyes, you've got scuts yeah, yeah, yeah. their face. He's been in the dog fight, but yeah, that, that's, they're my three favourite fighters and they motivate me to get in the ring and fight more, watching them, even, even normal fighters, to be fair, but, you know, it's just more of a, like, the motivation that they bring because the way they fight and stuff. At what weight are you at the moment? Like, uh, what weight class do you fight up? At light, light welterweight now, so that's 64 kg. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to obviously start off at 64 kg and then 
probably go into pro, like if I ever do turn pro in the future, um, I would probably fight at 64 kg at the start, saving my amateurs, and then probably move up to um, welterweight, 67 kg after. I'm five foot, seven and a half, so I'm a decent height for the weight as well. So, and I've got a decent strength and speed. I've got everything for that weight. But what I did start off as, like people will be shocked, is I started off at 50 kg. In 2016, I won the Midlands Championship at like flyweight, you know what I mean? Wow. And then I, I gained a lot of weight like through like um, the years and obviously and I got stronger, but I was still kept, I bought this, to be fair, I was quite strong at my weight at 50 kg. So the strength was already there. Mm-hmm. It was just the, the speed as well. I brought the speed with me, but I just gained even more strength, if you know what I mean. The speed is still there, but it's like the, the positioning of shots. I've changed the different things about my style. I'm not just leaving my face open all the time. Like before, I used to just go in there and just throw about 10 million punches, but get caught myself. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I was saying, if anyone wants to watch my fights, just let me know. Like I'll show people because I want to show people that the heart and drive that I'm talking about, if you know what I mean. 100%. You're only going to get bigger as well. Like you're only 18. You're probably growing a bit uh, of height, maybe as well, until like you're 21, 22. But definitely, like when you yeah. when you get into your twenties, you end up putting on a bit more muscle mass. You end up your metabolism will slow down, unfortunately. Um, find out yeah, that yeah, the hard yeah. way, but um, and you, and you end up just getting bigger over time in it. So it is going to be very interesting to uh, to watch your like your your professional hopefully journey as well as your amateur uh, journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I say, we'll we'll get back onto the, the the boxing landscape as as we're as we were talking about it in depth before. I've got like three or four different um, weight categories that I I quite enjoy watching. Uh, so I'm gonna just throw these out there and a couple of names, and then you basically just tell me who you think is gonna be top of the division. Is that cool? Oh, yeah, that's cool. Right. So we'll start probably from lightest to heaviest. So we'll start with lightweight. Obviously, you've got yeah. In my opinion, it's one of the like most exciting divisions at the moment because you've got Lomachenko and Teofimo, who obviously had their fight, and Teofimo came out on top. But you've got um, Haney and Garcia in that as well, which I, I think are going to be that them like four horsemen. You could put in Tank as well in there if you wanted to um, uh, to see who would come out on top there. Who, who do you think? Who do you think is going to be number one? Okay, so I've got um I've got Teofimo Lopez being number one. The reason why I think Teofimo is gonna win, beat all of them is because he's got that heart, man. You know what I mean? I've seen that. I've seen the spark in his chest. He's, you can tell by his eyes when he walks into the ring when he fought Lomachenko. Teofimo's strong, too strong for him. I think maybe a bit too strong to the way Lomachenko makes the angles and that. I don't think it worked with him because Teofimo's obviously got longer arms. He's a bigger body. You know what I mean? He's he's gonna overpower him with strength. And you've got to remember, um, Lomachenko's not a natural, I don't think he's a natural lightweight, I think he's a featherweight. So mm-hmm. it does make a little bit of a difference moving up to divisions because of the power. But when I seen Tiafimo do that 12-round performance, I think Tiafimo won eight rounds of that fight. And I've never seen someone beat Lomachenko that good. Except yeah, for yeah. Salido. And even then, I thought Lomachenko beat Salido. That should have been Lomachenko's fight. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that Tiafimo is going to be number one. Shall I just do it in order? Shall I put me in yeah, order? Yeah, sure. You can do an order if you want. Though. So I've got Teofimo number one. Then I've got um, Javante Davis next. The reason why I've got Javante Davis next is because he ain't, he ain't got the best skills, but the strength he holds is different. But the reason why I think that he's not the best fighter is because he walks forward too much into shots as well. And when someone like Teofimo catches him, it's going to hurt, man, because 
he fought Leo Santa Cruz and Leo Santa Cruz is powerful, but not powerful enough to knock him out. You know what I mean? So like he was hitting, I, I saw a lot of shots. He was getting, Javante was getting caught with a lot of shots by, um, by Leo Santa Cruz. And obviously we know Leo Santa Cruz is a true warrior. He's one of the greatest fighters that have been in boxing in this era, especially for punch rates and, you know, the way he shows his heart and taking the ring. But obviously he's a lower weight division. So like you said, not many people watch them divisions no more, but mm-hmm. as we were saying, um, Javante can get caught. He's vulnerable with certain shots. So, I feel like Tiafimo would be able to break that boundary. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not really a massive fan of Devin Haney. I think he's he's a bit. I would. I, would, I think he's trying to be like Mayweather too much than himself. So, like, say for example, I think, I think Devin Haney is a great. I think he's a great fighter. He's, he's achieved everything that you really want to achieve. Um, but as I said, it's the look in it. Like he wants to be like that. But I feel like he should be himself more than you know. But De- Devin Haney's also a great fighter as well. I feel like he's got good skills and stuff like that. But it's just not, I'm just not a big fan of him, you know what I mean? What about uh, Garcia? I like, um, I think Ryan Garcia is just a pretty boy. <laughs> yeah, I, think he's, I think he's good. I think, I think he's a good fighter, man. I think I think he's got a long time yet, though. I think he's still got a lot to learn as well. To be fair, I, th- I think the thing that changed a lot of people's mind is probably this Luke Campbell fight. Yeah, yeah, he did well, man. That body shot, see, that's what I'm trying to say. The body shot he, the body shot he landed on Luke Campbell, man, that was probably one of the best body shots I could ever see in my life. The impact on his body. Just it's moving to Canelo's camp. It's training with Eddie Reynoso, training with Canelo. I think has made like a massive difference, and and you can sort of tell that um that change. I think he does. He is still a bit of a pretty boy, and he needs to be a bit more, um, I don't know, consistent. I guess in his yeah, fights yeah. and like train a bit harder maybe but that's obviously where we're on the outside we don't know what's going on going on in there but at the moment he's like he's he's just calling out everybody and it is very yeah. like social media sort of I, boxer I think the problem with Ryan Garcia is trying to rush his career too much yeah because the reason why is because Javante's already beating people like Gamboa but Gamboa was not the same fight he was before so like we can sit here and say well oh Javante's beat Gamboa, he's beat this, he's beat, well, the reason why I think Javante's really good is because he beat Pedraza. That's when he opened up my eyes a little bit. When he beat Pedraza, you could also, you could just see the the, the skill set that he, he held for the world class scene, you know what I mean? When he won that world championship, I thought, yeah, Javante is definitely the top three up there with Tiafimo. Because no one believed in Tiafimo at the time. They thought he was just a, just a, you know, like a, like, what are them fighters called? You know, the upcoming fighters that end up losing. Yeah, they're yeah. Just like, just like the ones that are hyped up and then boom, they just lose and that's it. Well, see, this is the thing. Even like I think Lomachenko was, um, he he was meant to fight Devin Haney as a mandatory because Devin Haney got up to WBC, um, mandatory, and then Lomachenko got made franchise and ended up fighting Tiafimo. But the whole move to franchise is basically to make him a superstar. So he was meant to win that fight. Like if you're thinking about like um how fight scheduling and things like that. But um, it, it obviously ends up losing instead. But but I I don't think Devin Haney would beat um Lamachenko. I don't think he'd be able to. I think I don't see Devin Haney beating Lamachenko at all. I can't see. We'll never know because Lo, Loma took the franchise option and didn't have his mandatory, so we'll not know. I'm I'm if you can't tell, I'm probably speaking. I'm speaking from like a Devin Haney uh, Devin Haney fan because I actually quite, I, I actually quite like him. 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to back my boy here, yeah, and say we'll yeah, never yeah, know course, because... because no, no, it's just boxing opinionated, you know what I mean? So, like, obviously, I feel like a lot of people have told me Devin Haney's probably going to be number one and, you know, Tiafimo is not the best. And it's just boxing opinions, you know what I mean? Like, this is just all boxing pundit talk, you know what I mean? But in my personal opinion, I think Tiafimo just breaks all of them down, man. I don't really see anyone being Tiafimo right now either because... As a boxer myself, I look at all of the fighters and I think they're all world-class. They're all going to be world-class at one point. Mm-hmm. But the one that, that that just stands out a little bit more than the rest is Tiafimo. And the reason why is because he took that Lomachenko fight. I think people thought it was a bit too early for his career. And the reason why I think people rate with Tiafimo is because he stood up to that challenge. He went... Two seconds, hold on. This, this, this is the argument that I'm making, yeah, is that basically Devin Haney goes up the ranks in the WBC, becomes mandatory for Lomachenko's belt, okay? And if on that night, instead of uh, Teofimo, it's Devin Haney, and Devin Haney wins, then everyone would be ranting and raving about him. And if yeah, anything, yeah. he actually deserved it more because he worked up the rankings to get to that point to, and to become Lomachenko's mandatory, which is the thing that he wanted to do. De- Devin Haney, when he was getting up the ranks in the WBC, was saying, I want to become mandatory to take Lomachenko's belt because I believe I can beat him. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. But we'll never know. The, the good thing is, is that there's four or five fighters in that division now, which which all um will fight each other because they're all young. Other than perhaps Lomachenko, uh, they're all quite young, so they will end up facing each other eventually. They can't just run away from each other for all that time. But moving on to welterweight. Yeah, yeah. This is a weight class that you potentially might be in the future. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we've already spoken about yeah, yeah, yeah. Terence Crawford and uh, and Errol Spence. So who, who do you think would win in, in, in that fight? I think if Crawford fights him now, I think Crawford beats him. Right now, yeah, I think Crawford beats him. But I feel like in two years' time when the fight's actually going to happen, I know I love Crawford, but I feel like... Spence might just be it's you I remember Spence is going into his his, his prime now, man. He's he's destroying fighters and Crawford's losing his prime now. So I think Crawford's only probably got about another two, three fights in him left, I would say, because he's 30, 30, I think he's 32, isn't he? His goal only is that he's he's towards the end of his prime. Well, I would say towards the end of his prime, because I can't say that, but he's towards the end of his career. You know what I mean? He's he's gonna have his fights in that, but I think Right now, yeah, Crawford will beat him, but I think in the future, I think Spence might just... I'm not, I know it's hard for me to say that as well, but I think Spence might just, just about beat him, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, um, it just... The welterweight division right now is just it's just packing with great fighters. You know what I mean? It's got it's got great fighters. They've got great potential. Even the upcoming class fighters are good, man. Kind of been one of them, great fighter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We'll see how Josh Cully bounces back as well. Moving on to middleweight, uh, again, we've already spoken about it a tiny bit at the beginning of the podcast, was Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders. Um, yeah. Who do you think is going to win that? And then do you think anybody else can beat um, beat Canelo? I know it's a super middleweight, actually, but uh, still. I know what you mean. It's around that weight division, middleweight, super yeah. middleweight. I, I'll, I'll give it the same type of look anyway. But um, I feel like Canelo is going to stop him in the eighth, ninth round. I think B. Johnson's would do well in the first couple, three, four rounds, maybe. Yeah, just give, maybe use his skills against him. Maybe do Canelo a bit dirty. Like you see how Amir Khan was beating Canelo in the first couple of rounds, mm-hmm. just getting the landing shots. But this is the problem with Canelo. I don't think Billy Johnson just has it in him to fight 
like that for 12 rounds because Canelo always catches his opponents and we all know this because he's caught every, every fight he's fought he's always caught them with great shots um, that's the reason why he wins everyone because he just ends up catching them I think Billy Dawson just gets stopped in the eighth round and I don't see anyone at all beating Canelo the only who do you think is going to be the, like, the closest challenge because uh, a lot of people are talking about Benavidez Plant doesn't seem like he'll be a massive challenge, but Benavidez man, seems to be the other one. Nah, I think Canelo beats Benavidez, man. I think Benavidez has even fought the right opposition to fight Canelo. Mm. You know what I mean? Everyone's wishing this, this boat saying, oh, Benavidez is going to win this, he's going to smoke Canelo. No, man. Like, Benavidez, the only man I could say he's beat is ripping Andre Durrell. And Andre Durrell lost against Yodrim. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So, it just, you got to look at, you got to look at the records and stuff and, I know maybe yeah, it's the clash of styles and all that stuff, but come on, do you really think Benny Diaz is gonna beat Canelo? Like Canelo's just beat Kovalev, he's beat um, he's beat Callum Smith. Everyone who snakes Callum Smith saying yeah, he's not for anyone, this and that. But to be a super middleweight champion and be undisputed and win the super six series, he was in the super six series. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Like beat Groves and how it? can you, how can you hate on a man that beat George, knocked out George Groves? You know what I mean? And I respect, I like Callum Smith. I like the I like the Smith brothers. I think they're all good fighters, but. The problem is, is that people slate the losers of Canelo. There was if Cam Smith won the fight, it'd be a different story. Everyone would be like, "Oh, Cam Smith is next level, pound for pound." Maybe Canelo was overhyped, this and that. But the reason why everyone always criticizes Canelo's skills and that is because not his skills, sorry, but is is the people he fights is because he always wins. I feel well, like people get bored of him winning, you know, all the time and beating all these fighters. But that's how it is. Floyd that's did it. it. You know what I mean? So. And Floyd fought everybody top of their game, but after you beat them, they just discarded as like, oh, there's another one of Floyd's basically uh, victories over this next yeah, guy. Yeah. Um, last but not least, because it's a is the biggest division is the heavyweights, obviously, because the massive guys. Um, it sounds like Joshua Fury's basically done, and it's going to happen later this year. Who have is you got? Actually good? Well, it's, it basically sounds like it. Apparently, like contracts and all that are being are being signed. I've seen Fury came out and did an interview on ESPN and Josh was doing his press round now as well. So it does feel like if it has, I don't think it's been announced, but I think it's basically done because I don't think they would be coming out and doing press if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think they'll obviously like have to wait a couple of weeks for an official announcement, but they'll be doing their press now so they can get into camp. Um, Who who have you got on that? <laughs> I've got Joshua, you know. Yeah? Uh, 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 okay, I've I've changed my mind twice about this. I did think Fury was gonna win that first. I can't lie. I fought Fury, but then I thought to myself, Joshua's already taken it L. He's gonna know what it's like to take another L if he does. But he's gonna make sure in every power that he does not take that L, mm-hmm. and he's gonna make sure. And with Fury, I think now that he's beat Wilder, maybe his confidence is like a bit too high. high. You know what I mean? But you can't. Say like Joshua's fought everyone. I can't lie to you. It doesn't matter how old they are. He's actually fought every. Like I, this is what this is why I changed my mind again about this fight because there's so much critics behind this fight. There's like, oh yeah, Fury's gonna outbox him. He's gonna do dirty. He's gonna he's gonna make sure that um Joshua won't be able to catch him. You know what I mean? He's not gonna be able to do this. But come on, Joshua's like like fought Povetkin. He's fought all the great fight. Clint Skull as well in a great fight. Like entertaining he's fought Dylan White when Dylan White was obviously undefeated obviously Dylan White maybe wasn't the best fighter then but to Neither beat Dylan Joshua. White you still gotta be good you get what I'm saying and then um, he's also fought Takam 
before all them fighters, before they even... And Josie Parker, beat Josie Parker as well. And then, um, this is my point though. Um, I see Joshua just just like slowing Fury down. I think Fury's power won't be able to be, able to be enough to beat Josh, like to knock Joshua because I feel like with Joshua, he's been actually landed with some good shots. Like people have like, like Pavetkin landed some big right hands on him and he didn't go down as easy. But obviously with Ruiz, I think Ruiz caught him right in his equilibrium where he lost yeah. all of his legs. So the only way I can see that um, Fury beating him is if he catches him right there. But here, here, now, nah, I don't think... I don't think Fury has the power to knock him out like that. But I do feel like Fury will get dropped by Joshua. I feel like they will, I will see that happen because what, what the problem is, is that Fury's obviously looks great against the Bronze Bomber because the Bronze Bomber ain't got that many skill sets. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, a very, he's a very good fighter because he's got that one right hand and boom, the game over. Louis Ortiz, I all know about that, but you're not fighting someone that's going to be like that. You're going to fight someone that's going to be upright, coming forward and trying to fight you as well. And it's got the strength to push you off him. And more and technical you know, ability. Yeah, way more technical. He's won the gold medal. Okay, Wilder's won the gold uh, the bronze medal in the Olympics. But I've watched his fights in the Olympics. He was still relying on that one shot. Mm. hurting his opponents, that one shot. But with Joshua... He's had that skill set. He's been in the GB camps. He's fought like all these amateurs and he's got the amateur pedigree coming into the pros and also then dominating the pros as well. I think he's just got that leash in it. And I feel like everyone started to realise that Joshua is a bit better than what they think he is. He ain't no, he ain't no pushover, man. See, I, I don't think that personally. Uh, and uh, you're preaching to the choir here because I feel, I've, I've said, even within Darbasi, he feels that... Uh, Fury's going to win, but I said then I, I feel like Joshua's going to win. I want Joshua to win. Yeah, um, I want Joshua to win as well, to be fair. But I feel like people are now, after, after the Ruiz loss and the Fury win over Wilder, I think most people have changed their mind and basically went, Fury's, Fury's basically superhuman. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and everyone, yeah. everyone's, it's like what you were saying before, he's won the crowd. Um, but if you look at resumes, uh, Joshua's resume is... is the best out of any heavyweight out there. Yeah, best, best course, best. By I think Dylan mile. White's probably got the second best. Yeah, you know Dylan White's mean? bought some killers as well, like Rivas. And, uh, yeah, man, Rivas is... I feel Rivas would give anyone heavyweight problems, you know. Exactly. Anyone in the heavyweight division, doesn't matter who they are, I feel Rivas probably would be... Well, I feel like he'd beat Chisora. I don't mm, know why. Yeah. I feel like Rivas would beat Chisora. I think he'd beat um, Joseph Parker. I like... This is what I'm trying to say. I've got to give credit to even Dylan White, the UK boxer. Man, he's fought better opposition than Fury. Yes, you know what I mean. Well, this is the and thing. <laughs> this is exactly the thing. Like, but with Fury, it's it's his he's he's king of the hill at the moment because he he took down the boogeyman in in Deontay Wilder. Do you know what I mean? But when that yeah, fight yeah. happens between these two, it's going to be really interesting. I feel like Joshua will win. I think he's got more experience now. Um, when we were talking about like uh, his. People obviously are going to compare the Klitschko wins and say that, oh, yeah, just Joshua got knocked down, but obviously end up beating him in emphatic fashion, whereas Fury didn't get touched. But you've got to remember as well, like, the fights that each one had in professional, like, in yeah, the professional yeah. game. I'm pretty sure it was Joshua's, like, 20th fight, where it was Fury's, like, 30-plus fight. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, a lot of difference. The difference between Joshua and Fury is what I've realised is that um, I feel like... I feel like, okay, I feel like Tyson Fury is just is just a big giant, you know what I mean? I feel like he just, <laughs> he's just like a big giant, yeah, that just 
would just like you'd be intimidated to fight the man. You know what I mean? He's just a big guy. He's just just like got the mad skills. He moves around like a lightweight. I don't know how he moves around so fast, but he's got he moves around so fast that like I've never seen such like the, the such movement from a heavyweight except for obviously Muhammad Ali, but he was only 200, 200 and something pounds. Man, yeah. Fury weighs like 260, 75, do you know what I mean? He's running he's around a big like he's right weight. And with Joshua, he's obviously got the strength, the technical, and he's planted his feet into the into the into the ring. But with the Styles Cash, I still see Joshua beating him. I feel like Joshua land body shots on him as well. Something that no one has done to Fury. What people need to understand is, is that Fury can be stopped, you know. I feel like now that world has obviously proved it in the first fight. If what if no one knocks out if, if no one can knock out Fury after Wilder, then that means Wilder was obviously the second best heavyweight in the world. It, it, that obviously mm-hmm. now, but my point is I feel like Joshua is not just going to look for the headshots; he's going to look for the body, and I think the body shots is what's going to slow down Fury's process in the fight. You know what I mean? And I feel like people don't really go for his body. I don't understand why because I've never seen a fighter actually go for his body, but. If if even someone like like I said, Rivas, Rivas would dig into his body if he fought someone like um, Fury. Like I know Rivas is maybe not on the same level as Fury, but you know what I mean. The first yeah, 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 yeah. dig into the body, land shots. But if Joshua does it, you know it's a whole different level of pain, man. And I and feel the like the best thing is it's a two fight deal, so we're gonna yeah. see twice. Two so fights, whoever, yeah. whoever loses, and I think that goes back to your original point is like Joshua has lost before. So he's if even if he loses the first fight, I think he's probably in better stead to come back and improve for the second fight because he did with Ruiz. If he loses, we haven't we haven't seen that. Like he went off the rails when he won the titles. Yeah. And so he potentially, obviously, God forbid that happens, but it, it could go either way. It could either go he becomes extremely motivated to fight to get his titles back, or he just loses passion for boxing. We don't know yeah, that. It's true. It's true because you gotta remember. After Fury loses the fight, who's Joshua got a fight to prove, really? Because he you can fight, yeah, you can fight Wilder and all them. But Wilder's already been beaten by Fury and we just beat Fury, so there's no point fighting Wilder. But I feel like, I feel like the two fight, I feel like after Joshua beats Fury and maybe beats Wilder, I think he might be pound for pound number one because he just beat two. Well, I don't actually, then again, I can't say that because. It's not like he's move. He can't move up any more than heavyweight. Than yeah, yeah. It's, it's always hard to put a heavyweight at pound for pound. It's just because because the, they can't move anywhere in it. Yeah, Unless it's like someone like Usyk, because then Usyk was like undisputed, and then if he goes on to win a title, yeah, yeah. then maybe. But uh, when it's actual heavyweights, and it's 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 a bit different. It's a bit long. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah, but yeah, I've got Joshua winning that fight. I think it, it won't be a stoppage though. I don't feel like it can be a stoppage. I feel like he might hurt Fury. I don't think Fury will get knocked out by Joshua. Unless Joshua like does something amazing that will just literally break down him, but nah, I still can't see that. To be fair, I can't. I can't see it. Either way, it's going to be super interesting because like well, yeah. boxing's back in it. It's uh, it's they had a few years when like Klitschko was uh, at the top of his powers and uh, it was a bit boring. And even Mayweather, like people were just watching to watch him lose. Whereas now there's actually like so many fighters that it's actually interesting to see all these different matchups. Do you know what I mean? It's not well, just see, like, this is where the this is where all the lightweights and all the, the welterweight fighters come in now as well. Like people ain't just watching the heavyweights no more. People That's are watching it. these lightweights, these 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 um welterweights, Errol Spences and all them and that. Then you got the super middleweights, you got Canelo destroying all the, the higher division. 
I feel like heavyweight boxing is dying down a little bit more than it used to. I feel like not the case because of there's not not enough heavyweight fighters, but I feel like the 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 lightweight division is hot right now, man. That's the it. lightweight division yeah, is yeah. killing the whole of the boxing scene. I don't think the welterweight is like the welterweights are even as important as the lightweights anymore because the lightweights you got five great fighters. That's that's my point. I feel like the lightweight division is probably the hottest division right now. No cap. I don't think there's any other division that I can name you that's hot like that. Maybe when Fury was going to fight Wilder the first time, yeah, the heavyweight, you know, the heavyweight world was different because no one knew. They had three, obviously, he had three heavyweights. They had Dylan White. He was only he was on the street by winning Oscar Rivas at the time. He didn't lose against Povetkin. Then you had Andy Ruiz as well. Andy yeah. Ruiz is a good fight. Andy Ruiz just beat Joshua, but then Joshua beat him back, so Joshua came back to life. And then you, you know the heavyweight boxing, but like in two thousand and. I say 2019 and 2020 halfway. I think heavyweight boxing is killing it. But now that Joshua and Fury are the only two fighters that are like world champions in Britain, I feel like everyone's that fight's over. Like, who is Joshua going to fight after that? He's going to be that's, uh, that's what the lightweight. The lightweight is what the heavyweight was like two three years ago, where there's yeah, four yeah, five dons, and then they all fight each other, and then you'll get like to the final two, and then you'll get like the the superstar. Do you know what I mean? And it'll be, yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting to see how it goes. Um, right, we're coming to the end of the podcast now, and that means the same five questions. So these same five questions I ask every single guest that I've had on so far. It's in quick fire fashion, so it's basically like yeah, yeah. one word, one sentence answers. Uh, but we will go with the first one: is what are you most proud of? Uh, to be honest, I am proud of winning the Midlands Championship and getting to the national semi-finals. The reason why is because not many people get to the nationals. There's so many people that go into boxing and they don't even get to a national stage in boxing. You know what I mean? And to get to the semi-finals to be the top three, the best in division is just amazing. And then also it's like the amount of fights and the wins I've had as well. And like yeah. I think that's just a massive achievement being a great amateur boxer and having that. You know, like when people ask me how many fights you've had, I'm like 32. And they're like, you've had 32 and you're 18. I'm like, yeah, man, I've had 32. I like, I mean, how many you win? I'm like 26, 25. I'm like, wow, like, this guy is obviously ferocious, you know what I mean? And yeah, that's something I'm proud of, being, a, being an amateur boxer and having a great fight and, you know, skills and stuff like that, yeah. Number two is what are you most looking forward to? Oh, I'm looking forward to the England camps next season. The reason why I'm looking forward to the England camps is because I want to see the, the all the England boxers working hard, you know, seeing boxing get back into how it used to be. Um, I want I want, obviously I want to be a future Olympian, so like that's the route forward. But the camps in that I can show myself to all the the, the England boxing and coaches and show them that I'm the top fighter out there, and I'm willing to you know set my name out there and set the level, especially because that's my ambition in it. But yeah, that's that's my that's what I'm looking forward to. Also the senior championships as well. Obviously that's the main thing. But yeah, England camps mainly. What's your biggest motivation? Um, my family. The reason why is because obviously I want my family to obviously get out of this, you know what I mean, get out of this place, man. Like I want to help them move out of this area and just get to a better stage in my life, be financially stable as well, where they don't have to worry about money. So smashed it. What is your definition of success? Revenge to all the people that criticize me. You know what I mean? Showing success to people that that doubted you is the greatest thing you'll ever you'll ever feel because everyone that criticizes you in life, yeah, will realize one day that you're the you you said everything you was gonna do, you did the talking and you did the walking. 
and you got to remember 75% of people don't believe you. The only people that believe you is the people in your household or, you know, maybe you got a close friend or you got a dog, you know what I mean? <laughs> you got a dog. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, smashed it. I like that answer. I like that answer. Uh, and the last one, because it's the CultureCast podcast, how do you think your culture has affected you in your journey thus far? But to be fair, I ain't got that many, I can't even lie to you, I haven't got that many Sikh fans, you know. I got very diverse, I've got very diverse because I get along with every crowd. So like I have, I bring, I do, I, I do want my name to go out there, but not many Sikh people like look into my thing because the way I look like, I feel like I, it's just, the, it's the way I look in it. If you're not like, like a full on Sikh or you're not like, it just looks different, but maybe that's not for everyone. But the way I live in that as well, the area, like I live in Whitmer Reams and Wolverhampton. It's the area here is just diverse. Eastern Europeans, I got different fans, even the boxing clubs. It's just full of diverse people. So it's not just one like race. So how's that how's so, that diversity affected you so far? Well, um I think it's great. I think it's great. It motivates even even seeing younger people fight now, like motivates me as a person as well, because I remember me doing that. So like it's just like good to see like this all this diversity going on and you know, everyone coming together. It's just it's just great feeling. Smash this smashed it so that is the podcast with gully all of his links will be in the description uh whether you listen on spotify apple Podcasts, whatever they'll be in the description you can go check out his instagram and his facebook and his tiktok and everything everything yeah. um check it out it's been a really good conversation we've basically just been shooting shit about boxing which i love to do 